The poor people of Loreto in Baja California have been hit hard by the COVID-19 virus shutdown, and they need food. Friendship with God is delivering food directly to their homes. Go to www.friendshipwithgod.org and look for the Loreto Need banner to donate or call 619-599-1104. God bless you. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me. I've also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come, unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, the God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, what is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. And God said moreover unto Moses, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever. This is my memorial unto all generations. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say unto them, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, and of Isaac, and of Jacob, appeared unto me, saying, I have surely visited you and seen that which is done to you in Egypt. And I have said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt unto the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, and the Hivites and the Jebusites unto a land flowing with milk and honey. Now, what we've seen here is that we're now in this, this, this very wonderful place where as far as Moses' life is concerned, it's been 40 years. Moses has left Egypt, and God has broken in to the life of Moses. I mean, it seems like Moses has been on this, uh, in, in his place there forever, 40 long years. We don't read of anything of, uh, that, that, that happened during that time. There seems to be this abrupt stop uh, of this chapter in his life as he is fleeing for his life out of Egypt. That's the end of his life there in Egypt. So there's been this time period in Moses' life from the time when he was taken out of the waters, he was given that 
Egyptian name of Moisha, Moses, by his adopted mother, so to speak, who was the daughter of Pharaoh. And he went through these 40 years when he was trained in all the courts of Egypt and all learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians, uh, became a, 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 a instructed in all the military uh, education that the Egyptians could give them. This is his 40 years. He tries to deliver Egypt. Sorry, he tries to deliver Israel out of Egypt's hand, and abruptly, abruptly, they reject him. The Jewish people reject him. They rebuff him by saying, who made thee a prince and a judge over us? And furthermore, it gets back to Pharaoh that he's tried to kill the, that he did kill the Egyptian, and he's run. Now, that was the first 40 years of Moses' life. And then this 40 years has been silent. We don't really know very much at all at what occurred during this 40 years during his life here. But now, at this point where we are now, God has broken in to the life of Moses. And so here at the bush, the bush that's on fire, but the bush that's not being consumed, Moses stops at the bush and Moses' second 40 years stops as well as Moses hears God speak his voice twice. Moses, Moses. This was the great change that happened for Moses. And it marks the beginning of the last section or the last chapter, the third section in Moses' life. So even though Moses had been separated from his Jewish people for all his life. Really, when you think about it, he, he was three months old. And he was really separated when he was three months old from his Jewish people when he was put into that ark. That was the marking of the separation of his life from his people. It was only three months. And then he was taken up by the daughter of Pharaoh, and he was then brought into the court of Pharaoh, again, separated from his Jewish people there. He's separated, and then he goes out on this excursion, and he, and as we've read, he, he sees what's happening. The Egyptian is, uh, taskmaster is, is uh, beating one of the, the, the Jewish people. He kills the taskmaster. He's still separated, and then he flees out of Egypt at that point. He's separated for all intents and purposes. This is a man who was only with his people for the first three months of his life. How, how much can you remember when you're only three months old? And now, so really, for 80 years, he has not been with his Jewish people. And, for, and so he's separated but nevertheless, there's something going on within the heart of Moses for his Jewish people. And we can see in him during this time of his really virtual life separation from his people, he's 80 years old, he has this longing in his heart. He has a longing to see the Jewish people delivered. And, 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 uh, and that's a picture. If we just freeze that scene there for a section, that's a picture. For us as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we live, for the most part, in our, let's call them communities 
of our family community, our, our church community, our work community, and for the most part, most of us are, like Moses, separated from the Jewish people. Not many of us are within the fabric and culture of the Jewish people, unless you live in Israel or you work in the garment district or whatever. But for the most part, we are separated. But we are like Moses in the sense that there is this longing in our hearts to see this people delivered, to see this people released from the bondage of the sin and the bondage that the devil has them in. Why? Because it's a God-given burden in the heart. And that's what we see with Moses. He has this, this, I mean, we look at Moses and we say, well, of course he wants to go deliver his people. He's Jewish. Did you ever think that for all of his life he has been virtually separated from his people? That's Moses. And so he longs to see them delivered. Now, he's there in his new life with, uh, with the priest of Midian who has given to Moses his wife, uh, her, his daughter Zipporah, and uh, that's his host, the priest of Midian, and the host has given, given Moses' daughter, the, the Zipporah, and uh, now they have their first baby. They have their son, their first son. So when they have their first son, it should have been a time in Moses' life when he would have said, oh, I can, uh, now I really, I don't remember the Jewish people. My wife's not Jewish. Uh, I have a baby with her. It's time for me just to unpack just to say, this is my people, this is my home, this is my wife, this is my family, nobody's Jewish here, and, and I'm just going to unpack. And, but you know, Moses never did that. He never did that. As a matter of fact, when the people of Midian and, and his host, the priest of Midian, and his wife, they kind of looked at Moses. They kind of saw that he really wasn't comfortable within the Midianites. It wasn't, it, I mean, it, 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 was, it, it was kind of a situation where, where he, he just always felt like, I don't belong here. I'm not a part of, and I just can't really bring myself to unpack here. That's the way he kind of appeared. Well, when the birth of his son comes, think at the birth of his son that finally Moses, after 40 years, or however many years it was, the son, yeah, probably around 40 years, something like that. Anyway, after these decades of him being there in the land of Midian, that finally he would say, okay, forget about your past and just settle in. And, 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 but they really never saw that with Moses. And they always saw in Moses, remember, the first time that they saw him, he was the man at the well. They didn't even know he was Jewish. They said he was an Egyptian. He looked like an Egyptian. It was a report that, the, that was brought back to the priest of Midian. He was an Egyptian. Anyway, but what happens is that they always saw in Moses his desire to want to go back to Egypt. Moses, why do you always want to go back to Egypt? And everyone in Midian, they wondered, what has Moses got back in Egypt that's better than what he has now in Midian? Because Moses talked, they knew his history, and they could say, after all, they could sit down with them, and they could say, after all, Moses, look, the Egyptians, they wanted to kill you. 
They wanted to kill you. When you came to us, Moses, can't you remember that when you came to us, you were running for your life? You were a fugitive. They, Pharaoh had set himself to kill you. And so you were running away from the Egyptians. Surely, Moses, you can't want to leave Midian to return to Egypt because the Egyptians wanted to kill you. So you don't have anything back in Egypt as far as the Egyptians go. And then, and then of course, as he spoke and he told everything that happened, then everyone in Midian would, would, would consider, well, well, what is it with Moses? Why doesn't he just, just become one of us and just unpack here? And does he want to go back to Egypt for the, for the Jewish people? Is that what's drawing him back? Which it was. But anyways, they would say, Moses, your people, the Jewish people, rejected you. They rebuffed you. As a matter of fact, they mocked you, Moses. They mocked you when they said those words to you. You? Who made you a prince and a judge over us? Surely, Moses, you cannot want to go back to the Jewish people and leave this life that you have here in Midian. They rejected you. So what is it, Moses? You have the Egyptians that wanted to kill you. You have the Jewish people that rejected and, and mocked you. Why is it that you feel like you want to go back? So the Midianites maybe were convinced that with the birth of Moses' first son, there, with the birth of his son, with the daughter of the priest of the Midian, his host, that, that maybe with this birth, Maybe now Moses will finally come to the conclusion that I want to just forget about the past. I mean, after all, I'm, I'm all, you know, about 80 years old, and I, I just want to be a part of this people. But it was a great revelation when the birth of that, with the birth of that boy, and it came to Moses, and he said to Moses, Moses, your son. Moses, your son, give him a name, Moses. Give the boy a name. Give your son a name. Very important in Exodus 2.22, where we read this. She bare him a son, and he called his name Gershom. For he said, I have been a stranger in a strange land. He called his son Gershom. Moses' son, he named Gershom. And when he named that son Gershom, he gave him the name of stranger or refugee. And when Moses did that, it was like you saying, not Moses, you certainly understand that this boy is gonna outlive you. So whatever name you give to this boy, you are immortalizing that meaning that you give to this boy. Maybe you'd like to give the boy grace, you tell the grace of God, or praise, like Judah, you thank God, but you give him the name refugee, you give him the name stranger. Uh, Moses, what is it about you? Moses, you're trying to, you're, you're immortalizing your feeling. You're immortalizing your feeling about being in the land of Midian when you gave your son the name Gershom because it means refugee, it means stranger. And just so there could be no doubt as to why Moses named his son Gershom, you know, just so there'd be no doubt at all, Moses goes on and he explains. He states the reason why he did that by saying, 
It's by, as it says in Exodus 2.22, for he said, I have been a stranger in a strange land. So every time, think about it, every time, anyone, someone, Moses, anybody would call the boy, they'd say Gershom, they'd say, they would be called, it's a stranger, refugee, I mean, can you imagine, a refugee, come here. Stranger, come here. I mean, imagine with the kid when he's with his playmates and, and they would hear Moses call him, a refugee, come home. <laughs> it's like a, a rough life for the poor kid. And his playmates would say to him, say, why did your father give you that name, refugee or stranger? And the kid would answer because it was no secret and Moses made it very plain. And he would say, well, I'll tell you why. He says, you know, because when, my, when, when I was born, my dad said that he felt like he was a stranger in a strange land. <laughs> that'd be good. That, that, that would, that'd be good for the kid, right? That would just help him mesh in real well with his Midianite playmates. He says, you know, <laughs> I'm a stranger in a strange land. That's what my father did, says. And so that's why I got this, this strange name. So why did Moses, and this is the really getting, we're into getting into now the heart of this man, Moses. Why did Moses call the people of Midian a strange people? Why did he call the land of Midian a strange land? And why did he call the people of his wife a strange people? See, that's what's going on in Moses' heart. Because Moses' heart broke for the Jewish people. He had a broken heart for the Jewish people. And as we said, this is remarkable because for his whole life, he has not lived with the Jewish people. He's been separated from them. He's been, he's been separated. You know, when, when Jacob went to go bless his sons and he got to Jacob, he said, this is, the, this is the one, this is the son who was separated from his brethren because Jacob, because Joseph Jacob was referring to his son Joseph, and Joseph had lived the majority of his life separated from his family in, 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 in Egypt, as we know from the history of Joseph. So he, here, but here's Moses, who was even more separated from his people, but just like Joseph, who was separate from his brethren, never forgot his brethren, and his heart was broken for him. Even so, more Moses, who was more separate from his brethren, his heart broke for his Jewish people. And that's a picture of the Apostle Paul. And Paul really captures what's going on in Moses' heart. And he captures, Moses, Paul captures what was going on in Joseph's heart when he was in Egypt in Romans 9, 1 through 3, where Paul said, I say the truth in Christ. I lie not, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost, that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. And he's talking about the Jewish people. So that's the heart of Paul. That was the heart of Joseph when he was separated from his people, and that's the heart of Moses when he was separated from his people, and that's the key to understanding why he gave his son Gershom 
Well, he gave him that name, stranger, refugee, because he had a great heaviness. There was always this burden, this continual sorrow in his heart that even though, and keep in mind in Paul's case here when he writes this in Romans 9, he has just come off of the great pinnacle in Romans 8 where he's talking about the love of God and nothing can separate me from the love of God. And he goes through a list and he says, nothing, nothing, angels, no, life, death, nothing can separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. But then he says, but even though I have this great assurance, this great security, and I'm so happy, I still have, I have to confess to you, a great heaviness and a continual sorrow in my heart for the Jewish people. And Moses was that way. He wanted to see the Jewish people saved. And that's when we get to Romans 10.1, where Paul just put it just as simply as he could when he said in Romans 10.1, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. And Moses said, Moses was saying in his heart, in his prayer to God, his heart's desire for the Jewish people is that they might be saved from the Egyptians. That was the same heart. And Joseph also, when he was in Egypt, the first thing he said through the interpreter to his brothers, who knows his brothers, is, is when they came back, when they came back, he said, is, is your father well? Meaning, is my father well? But is your father well? Because of this desire. Because Moses wanted to go to the Jewish people so that they could be delivered. And even though it was a risk for his own life, and it was because the last thing that happened, there was a, there was a warrant for his, he was wanted, dead or alive, and dead would be better than alive as far as the Egyptian and Pharaohs were concerned. It was a risk for his life but to go back into Egypt among the Egyptians. And, and, it, and, and he wasn't going to go back to a people that loved and accepted him. He was going back to a people that rejected him, but he wanted to go, and, he, and it so burned in his heart that when his, first born, when his son was born, he said, stranger, I'm a, this is not where I should be. It's strange here. I'm in a strange land among a strange people. I'm not where I should be. I've got to go to where I need to be. You know what that's a picture of? Freeze that picture. Freeze that picture in your mind of Moses just in that state there, wanting to go back to the Jewish people and considering the follow about this. First, he wanted to go back. Moses wanted to go back to the Jewish people because that was the will of God for Moses. The will of God for Moses was to go back to the Jewish people, and Moses was miserable because he wasn't in the will of God until he was going back to the Jewish people. Apply that to our own lives. God has a will and a purpose for each one of us in our lives. And he has a way, as we draw close to him, to make it known whether we're in the will of God or not in the will of God by making it miserable for us, by making it feel like we're in a strange place among a strange people when we're not among the people and in the place that God has called us to be. And in the case of Moses, it was back in Egypt to deliver the Jewish people. And so also, just as Moses wanted to go back to the Jewish people who rejected him, he would knew that. He was not going back to a people who, who, who were accepting of him, but the last thing he had seen, they had rebuffed him and mocked him. Just like that. Just like Moses wanted to go back to the Jewish people who rejected him, so the believer who has God's heart 
for the Jewish people wants to continue to keep on going back to the Jewish people who reject the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, it's an enigma. When you look at the believer who has a love for the Jewish people and he goes to the Jewish people and they say, things that are, that are terrible about the Lord Jesus Christ, or they slam the door, or they, they, they anyway, they say many things. And then afterward, he, 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 he may get mad, he may get angry, the believer, but yet he sits there and he says, I gotta go back. I gotta go back. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Poor people of Loreto in Baja California have been hit hard by the COVID-19 virus shutdown, and they need food. Friendship with God is delivering food directly to their homes. Go to www.friendshipwithgod.org and look for the Loreto Need banner to donate or call 619-599-1104. God bless you. <laughs> 